Would you like to say something to the class before we begin? Hi, everybody. How did you burn? I mean, you know how it is. How did you burn? Fucking rolling whatnot. I'm gonna steal a declaration of independence. I wouldn't make you out to be a burglar, not that outfit. Put the bunny back in the box. Alright, now loosen up. I'll be damned if I didn't get really turned on. But that doesn't matter, just get a load of this. Hello and welcome back to subsequent movie podcast. Cajolta Club. We have just finished watching the tremendous 2000 uh, Fast and Furious inspiration Gone in 60 Seconds directed by Dominic Senna and starring Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, and a bunch of the greatest character actors of all time. And, uh, you know, when we when we were originally going to do this show, um, as I said last week, 8mm was supposed to be the movie this week until I watched this over the summer. And I was like, we need to get this movie in here somewhere and we had to fit it in here. And it's so fucking good still. I think this yeah. movie works ass. Yeah, I mean, it was really strange how we just uh, recorded like an hour of empty audio last time because we didn't watch a movie. I have no memory yeah, of like watching a movie yeah. last time. Yeah. It's really weird. Uh, so it's really refreshing to come back and have this, which is just one of probably the goofiest movies we've watched yes. on this show so far. Yeah. Just a, just like an absolute treat from top to bottom. I highly recommend it for fans of Nicolas Cage. Highly recommend it for fans of the Fast and Furious franchise because mm-hmm. I kind of like... Uh, I kind of went into it saying it as a bit, you know, I was like, oh, it's Fast and Furious, oh, Nicolas Cage, like early 2000s car heist movie. But it is, it, it's it's really a film about family, you know? It's a film it about family, about finding your family. And it's just really bizarre that this movie exists the way that it does. Because I feel like in another universe, like you've said in one of your Letterboxd reviews, this is the Fast and Furious franchise, right? Like, this is this is alternate universe Fast and Furious with Nicolas Cage instead of Vin Diesel. And, um... It, it's just so much fun. I had an absolute blast watching this movie. Really, really great stuff. Yeah, it it really is like uh, it's it's alternate universe Fast and the Furious. Like you switch out the like new metal and hip hop for just absolutely just bizarre like really really choices. strange <laughs> yeah. you re- you replace the dvd player heist with a heist of 50 cars in one night which i'm gonna say is a little higher stakes personally i think you know absolutely yeah um, if there is if there is one element where i think this movie legitimately improves over the first fast and furious it's that number one it does not follow like a cop like an undercover cop and number two, mm-hmm. it is about a big heist that we actually care about and not Vin Diesel stealing like laser disc machines, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so big points in its favor on that one. Yeah, there's no like shots of trucks being opened that are full of like Panasonic TVs <laughs> and DVD players in this God. one, unfortunately. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, it's 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 a cage week. So I guess before we go any further, Ryan, would you like to hit us with a quick uh, roundup of what this one's about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess it is my turn. So in Gone in 60 Seconds, Nicolas Cage plays a retired car booster named Memphis Reigns, who is drawn back into the world of Grand Theft Auto when his younger brother Kip bungles a very important job for a very powerful crime boss. In order to pull off this heist, Nicolas Cage must get his old gang back together to boost 50 cars in one night across the city of Los Angeles without attracting suspicion or at least being arrested by the police officer who has pursued Nick Cage for his entire career. The gang gets together, shenanigans ensue, and by the end, Nicolas Cage not only is able to uh, defeat the crime boss, but also escape the clutches of the policeman, and the whole thing ends with literally a Fast and Furious-style <laughs> found family barbecue where they're drinking Miller Lights instead of Corona. Yeah. It's so fucking bizarre. It's so weird, like, watching this and then being like, oh, yeah, you know, this is kind of like Fast and the Furious, I guess, like, stylistically, in terms of the time period. And then you get that last sequence where it just cuts to them opening the hood of a car that's been converted into a grill, all <laughs> sitting around in this backyard <laughs> drinking beer and, like, debriefing, and it's like, huh, Oh, weird. Really, really weird, huh? Yeah, it, it's like Vin Diesel like saw this movie and was like, I want to make a version of this. Let's like s let's just smash this into what we're already working on yeah. with our street racing movie. Yeah. Like you put this in with point break and you get fast and furious and that's really yeah, all there is exactly. to it. Yeah. That yeah, like like people always say, Fast and Furious is a Point Break ripoff, but it is way more of a con in sixty seconds. It's really uh, interesting, right? Because this movie came out a year beforehand, which means they both would have had to have been in production around the same time, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm really curious as to what, if any, the sort of lineage is on that, like the genealogy, or if it's just like. I mean, I don't know, was was street racing like a big cultural touchstone in the early 2000s? Was that something yeah. that society was kind of keyed into at that point in time? I, I remember it being like a pretty big thing, but I, I or at least it, in Europe, at least, it didn't really become a huge thing until like Fast and Furious had been out. Um, yeah. Like that, that was when you started getting all the street racing, like video games and shit and like used to see people driving cars that looked like that but in the states yeah I, I guess it probably would have been like a very late 90s thing it would have had to have been for fast and furious to be in production or pre-production in like 99 2000 right so yeah yeah like, absolutely like this this movie doesn't have any um street racing but it it does have very similar vibe yeah, like it, it has Fast's like um, obsession with just cars and like obviously, but like uh, like the machinery and the mechanics of cars. Like a lot of the movie is spent hanging out in our workshop, you know, just like chopping yeah. up some cars, right? Like it, it's very similar vibes. It just the music is different, the cast is different, and the color palette is different. But you can easily see, like, how these two movies, like, 
they're, they're pretty much like two different interpretations of the same thing. It's like if 100%, you, yeah. If you, like, like, if you gave two different directors the same script and said, go out and make this movie, right? Or whatever, like, it, it kind of feels like that in a lot of ways because a lot of the themes are so similar. The general, like, overarching idea of the heist is similar. The only difference is here, you know, the cop is kind of like not the guy you're cheering for as opposed to you're trying to identify with Paul Walker as a cop. If Yeah. Like, you know, but, um, yeah, very, very, very similar movies and both very fucking good movies. Honestly, I think both, both a lot of quite fun. Good. Yeah. I had a blast with this. Just real both tremendous, real... like cultural relics of their time. <laughs> I would say yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like the pre nine 11 ideal of like the American block party, right? Like that is, right, that yes. is to some degree, the fantasy that is being sold here. And especially in fast and furious where, no matter what happens, you you get together with all the people on your street, your found family, and you have this barbecue, you know. Right. And, yeah. and I think it's I think it's really interesting. But this movie, I think, has. I mean, I wouldn't say it has weirder quirks than the first Fast and Furious, but it certainly has different quirks, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first Fast and Furious, like you said, had a lot of new metal had a lot of like slow motion zooms on women's asses which you still get in some of like the more recent ones you know but yeah. just 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 all this kind of stuff like that God in 60 seconds has much different sort of weird things for example i would say about 40 to 50 percent of this film is lit like a saw movie like just a lot (laughs) of like really blatant blues and greens and shit like that there's a part where the cops take this guy into a bathroom to interrogate him and it just looks like the saw bathroom like it's this filthy tiled public bathroom or when you see a shot of out of the bathroom it's like it's like kind of green but the inside's kind of blue or or like vice versa and there's like gross pipes and chains and it's like what is happening here it's so strange the thing i really love about that scene is that it has no like geographical no absolutely not absolutely not so so a big a big plot point of this film right is that the reason the cops were on to uh, Kip Rains is that he was sold Mercedes keys by a guy at the dealership who was was a was a crook or a criminal or whatever. He was on their side, and then he got flipped by the cops, right? And so, right, yeah. There's this scene later on where they're interrogating him for the second time. They've already been at his workplace. They've already called him on the phone. But there's just this bit where there's like this smash cut to them in this underground bathroom, completely apropos of nothing, just laying into this guy. It's such, it's so strange. Like, do all public bathrooms in LA just look like the Saw franchise? I don't know. I mean, they might. It's like they, it's, it's really like they took him into a secret underground interrogation bathroom. That's what it feels like. It's like the, (laughs) um, it's like the thing under the guy's house and dragon tattoo. It's just completely disconnected from the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I think as a whole, the set design of this movie is absolutely bonkers because they're 100%. Again, like it's, it's very saw like, right? It's a lot of heavy industrial, machinery a lot of filthy factories filthy workshops mm-hmm. and then you have just the green and blue and orange lighting and the music video like cinematography 
it's very Saw-like. And I, I know we, we kind of have, since you've become a bit of a Saw-head, mentioned yeah. Saw fairly frequently on Oh, I'm warming up, the you show. know. I've got, um, I've got Saw Timber coming up on Fear Baiting, so I have to get in the right state of mind. But no, like, like you're right, is the thing. Like, 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 when I think of something that has these stylistic touchstones, it, it's Saw, you know. And I think maybe it's just taking a lot from that early 2000s culture, like, especially the way, like you said, music videos were made at the time. Like, that was kind of, I guess what people interpreted as being hip and edgy and cool but yeah. looking back on it, it's just it's just absurd. I think the most absurd set we get in this is the um, Christopher Eccleston is in this. He plays the uh, he plays the villain who has hired them to do this job. His name is like Raymond Cartucci or something like that. Kalitri, uh, I think. Something Raymond like Kalitri, yeah. is that what it is? I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he spends the entire movie hanging out in the fucking boiler room from Nightmare on Elm Street. Like there's <laughs> steam everywhere. There's all these pipes. There's a part early on where Nicolas Cage is doing something, or or like in one of the early heists where there's like flames everywhere. Like I think it's when Nick Cage goes to visit him for the first time, like treat yeah. with him, and he's just walking through this junkyard that Raymond has set up shop in, and there's just like flames like coming up out of these stacks of junk. Like like he drives by and a flame goes across the window and like reflects on his face and shit like that. Just, just, just borderline expressionist at times. I would say the way this movie treats its sets, it, it, it's so like I wouldn't say cartoony, but it is very exaggerated in a way that I think yes. is really funny. Yeah, it is. Like everything looks like it came out of just an industrial music video, right? From totally from that era, just. You've got a lot of like pistons, a lot of sparks falling. Yeah, totally. Like, there, there's there's a scene where Cage towards the end goes and he he meets up with Eccleston before before the end, and he gets out of the car and there's just like a, like a wall of sparks just falling from somewhere. I don't know where the fuck it is, but they're just like falling by the entrance to this like ironworks or whatever that Christopher Eccleston is using as his like front. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous looking, and it's, it's so fucking just 2000, right? Like, you, it's one of those movies that is just so visually of its time. Like, every character looks... Oh my like, god, we gotta, we gotta talk about the costuming yeah, in this movie. We do. We've, I mean... I, I think we just need to talk the about the elephant Angelina in the room. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's. I oh cannot imagine God. a Dude. worse look for somebody than they have Angelina Jolie sporting so, in this fucking movie. So, Angelina Jolie is in this film, right? And she's not in it a whole lot, to be honest. She shows no, up. Really. She, she shows up here and there as Nicolas Cage's ex love interest. They they have her come around for when he's getting the team together. She shows up in a few inserts and different scenes, and she's on one of the heists with Cage, but that's pretty much it. And the way they introduce her, right, is Nicolas Cage has been going down this list of people that he has to get back in the game. 
and he goes through all these people like sl- like uh, slimy Dan, fish face, like butt butt <laughs> Frank or whatever, you know, like like just all these like dudes with these weird ass names, right? Great names in this movie, by the way. Like all yeah. the characters. We'll get to it again in a little bit because it's oh, one of my God. notes. But like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So he's going down this list of names, and finally he gets to the two at the bottom, which are Sphinx and Sway. And yes. Sphinx is a guy who's, I guess, working in like a morgue or something. And yeah. he's, he's like a he's like a Punisher type. Like he he doesn't talk for the whole movie for the most part. Um, like if if people know who who Vinnie Jones is, it's Vinnie Jones. Um, yeah. who was like he was he in Snatch? He was in a lot of Guy Ritchie movies in the nineties. He's actually like a retired soccer player who had like a reputation for injuring Makes sense. opponents and being like a, like, you know, a real hooligan or whatever in the nineties. So that, that's Sphinx. And yeah, he's like the silent murder machine basically. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Angelina Jolie is sway. Angelina Jolie is sway. And what happens in this scene is Nicholas Cage goes to the garage where she's working. Right. And she she's she's underneath a car like, you know, she, she's on her back, like fixing car. They have some banter. And when she rolls out from underneath the car, I screamed like I actually yelled out loud. <laughs> she rolls out and she has these like this pale, this pale face, like ice blue contacts and just the fucking nastiest white woman dreadlocks I've ever seen in my entire life. The look they put her in for this movie is there's no way, there's no other way to put it. It's insane, dog. It is like every time she came, like the thing about this movie is that she's not in it a whole lot, and so every time she would show up, I would forget about her and then she would just pop up on screen and I'd be like, oh! Like, oh! Yeah, like the dreads are like bleached white. Oh, they're, it's so they're janky, all like dude. Un- they're uneven, so they're like really stringy, or like some of them are really stringy. And she looks thin, like and the fucking really thick like, crypt keeper from South Beach. It's so bad. Like yeah. she looks like a doll from the Child's Place series. <laughs> yeah, the, the the eyes do her no favor either with the with these like ice blue contact lenses. The it's such a strange choice yeah the fashion they have her wearing also does no favors like it it's it's she just looks weird and like uncomfortable like it does it doesn't fit her right like you can tell that angelina jolie in a million years would never want absolutely like this no Um, she looks like fucking kerrigan from starcraft like that was my visual reference point watching this movie yeah like you said you said also she looked like a cyclo from (laughs) she looks like a a cyclo from battlefield earth uh she i said that she looks like a background person in a rob zombie music video but i think that's a little unfair to rob zombie i just just (laughs) like just disgusting (laughs) like just real bad and that's not a sign against how Angelina Jolie normally looks. It's just no. what what they have chosen to do for her in this movie is so existentially terrifying on so many different levels. It's 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 such a distressing idea to have her in this like horrible, greasy, ratty, uneven white dreads hairstyle. And I mean, I guess it is of the time, but just nothing prepares you for when she starts showing up in this film. Just, just terrifying. Just bone I mean, chilling. 
I don't even know if it's really of the time, though, because, like, I, I don't feel like you saw a lot of white girls with bleach blonde dreads. It's like, <sighs> it's like somebody went, like, okay, we have our vision board here in front of us. We got to decide what these characters look like. And somebody threw a dart and it hit a picture of Rob Zombie and somebody else threw a dart and it hit a picture of Gwen Stefani <laughs> and somebody just went like, let's put them together and make oh. that Angelina Jolie. It's, it's not a good look for her. I mean, but she's not the only one who doesn't have a good look in this movie. No um, one has a good look in this movie. No dude. one has a good look in this movie. Um, Cage is also sporting... I guess he's bleached his hair. It does not look good. Um, you've got Tumblr, who was played by uh, Scott Scott Kahn, um, who has just the worst sideburns and spiky like boy band hair you've ever seen. You've got uh, Mirror Man, who is just Mirror Man is just one of the strangest ideas of a character. Just a guy. <laughs> That his whole character, his whole character is asking, uh, acting, acting like Dave Chappelle in Con Air and running around in like mirrored sunglasses. Just yeah. d- bizarre. It, yeah. Very it, it's strange. Like, it's, it's again, they, they threw one dart and it hit the picture of Dave Chappelle and they threw another and it hit Dennis Rodman and they were like, all right, this is what Mirror Man is. And then there's fucking Justin Long bar- bargain basement looking ass motherfucker mm-hmm. freb freb not fred not fred freb <laughs> uh it's so funny he's the one they say uh, gets pizza right where they're like why right, is he yeah. here and they're like oh he gets pizza or whatever yeah he's like the bumbling like useless motherfucker of the group who at one point like steals a car by himself to prove he can do it that isn't on the list and it and turns out it's full fucking, of heroin. Yeah. It's full of heroin. And then Delroy Lindo, who is the cop, making his third Cajolta Club appearance of the of the season, um, shows up. Timothy Oliphant is his number two as well. Very weird casting there, like as just like this nothing cop, Timmy Oliphant. But um I thought he was okay in it, so I don't know. He, he's he's good in it. I just think it's a weird role for him to play, to be just this nothing character, but I guess he would have been so young at that point but yeah they show up and you just basically get this extended five minute bit of them trying to like Uh uh-huh make sure delroy lindo doesn't figure out that this random cadillac is full of heroin would you like to describe how they end up solving this problem by the end of the scene sure um they realize that there's a bunch of heroin just on the floor of the of the chop shop and so they managed to, like, finagle Delroy Lindo into the car to get him behind the wheel and have him just, like, rev the engine. And they're all, yeah. like, cheering him on, getting him worked up enough that he rev the engine enough so that he blows the fucking heroin away. You see shots of the heroin just blowing away, blowing away from the exhaust pipe. It's so good. We it's do a so silly. 
We do have another returning character, or I should say actress, on this movie. Um, we do. <laughs> we've mentioned we've mentioned as this podcast goes, we see a lot of people who are character actors, especially during this time period, cropping up from like the Lynchosphere, the sort mm-hmm. of weird toy box of performers that David Lynch pulls all of his favorite people from. Uh, Grace Zabriskie is in this, whom you may know from the weird Black Magic Woman and Wild at Heart, or as Sarah Palmer, Laura Palmer's mom from Twin Peaks. She is in this film as Nicolas Cage's mother. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> oh, God bless, honestly. It's really good. She, she shows up with like the... Um, the fucking like blonde bob wig and everything it's it's really it's a hell of a look for her in this i it's, it's really good I, like it's they they bill her so high in the cast they do. and she's she, in she's in it, it for like three minutes yeah yeah if even that like it's it's incredible and just the idea that she would be Nicolas cage's mom as well is there's no way like she's she's i know, I know like she's an older actress but she is not old enough to be his mother unless Nicolas no. cage is supposed to be like 20 in this movie it's 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 uh i mean i love seeing her and stuff you know sure yeah i i i marked the fuck out when i realized she was in child's play 2 for like five minutes so always a pleasure but yet another mark for um secondary characters and actors and actresses on this podcast we need to we need to keep a running tally of the like side character performers in these movies during this season with the most appearances outside of cage and travolta yeah i I think it probably is at this point delroy lindo Um, he's been in three yeah strong three for delroy yeah yeah yeah. broken arrow and um get shorty get shorty the other two yeah 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 really great actor i mean i think the cast of this is really fucking good you've got you've got cage jolie Delroy Lindo, Vinnie Jones, Giovanni Ribisi, you've got Chai McBride, Robert Duvall, like just a who's who of like great character actors of the era. Like honestly, just totally, yeah. Like it's not like Fast and Furious where you're getting Ja Rule or whoever, <laughs> right? Just to be like, just get whoever we can get. Like they, they fucking got some people for this, and it it really fucking works. It, I I think, you know, nobody would ever suggest, uh, other than me, that uh, Fast and Furious is, uh, the playground of the great thespians. But um, yeah, I think the cast of Gone in sixty seconds really fucking nail it like i think they're all very believable they've got great chemistry with one another like Mm -hmm. i I think they i think they do a great job i think i think this is like this is a movie that would so easily have been like done wrong if you just had a shitty performer group in here but you don't you have a bunch of great people christopher eccleston hardly in this movie either even though he's like the bad guy but i think he is He's good. Chewing just the right amount of scenery when he is there. Like, he's, he's, he does good. Like, everybody is bringing it in this. I think it really works. Absolutely. So, I did a quick letterbox check here because we were talking yeah. about the actors with the most appearances. I would like to give a shout out to someone who's in this movie named Greg Collins. I don't okay. know what else he has been in. Maybe he mostly does bit roles. He is credited as San Pedro Cop in Gone in 60 Seconds. He was apparently also in Con Air and The Rock. 
So coming up on Delroy's three, but he is in two other films I have watched this year, which are Cool World and Fast and Furious, the fourth Furious film. So shout out Greg Collins. Shout out to Greg Collins. Um, I, I always like when I look at my like stats on Letterboxd and like I see these no name actors up at the top of my like most watched and then I click yeah. and, I, and it's like, oh, this person played a zombie in every single Resident Evil yeah. movie or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have uh, my, my top two right now are obviously Cage and Travolta, 17 for Cage, 15 for Travolta. Uh, followed by Vin Diesel and then Tobin Bell in my top four. And then from there out, it's literally just the recurring cast of Fast and Furious, recurring cast of the Saw franchise, recurring cast of Twilight, and Greg Collins. <laughs> so <laughs> really, yeah, uh, I, really fun stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure mine is um, Cage and Travolta and then the recurring cast of Twilight and the and the cast of On Cinema at the moment. God so, bless. God bless. Yeah, for this year. So it's it's been a good year for us, I think, uh, in terms of movies we've watched, both for the show and just for pleasure. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I haven't been like as actively punishing myself with films as we've done, as we did last year. Weird. Who'd have thought that uh, not yeah, watching weird. a shitty film every week of your life is is a good yeah, thing, actually. Just most weeks instead. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we we got a. I, I made one note other than Freb for this movie. Freb, I, yeah. I, I, my note. My notes are two words. One of them is Freb, and the other one is uh, Gnorm. Gnorm. Okay. Gnorm. Um, and. Uh, the reason for that is there's a little movie that you and I watched, terrible movie, very, very oh, boring. Oh, God, yeah. Um, called A Gnome Named Norm or Gnorm. Yes. Um, and this movie ends with uh, a scene in which oh, the song... Oh, fuck off, fuck off. Lowrider by War plays. And I wanted to bring the question up with you, Ryan. Which movie uh, do you think between a gnome named Norm and Gone in 60 Seconds makes better use of the song Lowrider by War. That That is a very difficult question, I'll be honest. I... Thinking about it, I think I have to say gnome named Norm because it's so truly out of left field. Like, when they do it in, in 60 seconds, it's it's weird, right? And we'll, we'll explain what they do in a second, but in No Name Norm, there's literally nothing else like that in the entire movie. And then suddenly in the last five seconds, they just whip out Lowrider as it goes freeze frame into credits. Like, like just just astounding. You've got, you've got the male lead and his love interest about to kiss. Norm comes up out of the ground and he says, what are you waiting for, worm lips? Plant one on her already or something like that. Make and her toes curl is make what he her, says. Make her I toes it, curl. I watched it this morning. You had to do some research, of course, I yeah. understand. And he says that and then he like kind of winks or something and it freezes and it brings in Lowrider. And it's such a like kick to the balls just out of nowhere. Yeah. that It's like the only funny bit of that entire movie. It's the only good bit, the only memorable bit. Exactly, exactly. Whereas there's so much happening in this movie, and the bit with Lowrider in here is good. Uh, do you want to do you want to kind of explain what they do with that? 
Sure. So we're getting ready to to head out on our big uh, heist here, and we're we're at sort of the meeting uh, of the family before we go out. And Nick Cage is going through his things. And he pulls out his old leather jacket. He looks at it and he says, "I'm a bad man." He puts it on. He walks down the stairs into the into the chop shop where everybody is, and he, he gives his speech. And he's like, "All right." You know, just take your time, think slow, we're going to get through this, we should get through this fine, no problems. He takes a beat to compose himself, and he just goes, Donnie, lowrider. Another beat, Donnie, lowrider. And you cut to Chai McBride, who is Donnie, and Vinnie Jones. And Chai McBride is sitting beside a boombox. He presses the play button, lowrider starts... Cage, Jolie, and Chai McBride all just start vibing to the song Lowrider <laughs> while everybody else is like looking around the room at one another, just like completely mystified as to what the fuck is going on. And once the like, you know, the opening horn section comes up of Lowrider, it cuts to Cage who raises his hands up to his face and he's like waiting for the moment. And as soon as that, like, he's just like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And just like yeah. everybody just follows him out. It's incredible. Oh, uh, uh, gosh. It's really good. Cage gets some good moments in this. This is like, um, I feel like this is right on the cusp for him, you know, in terms of his yeah. style, where it's still pretty deranged or, or not deranged. It's still pretty subdued, but you can feel it sitting right on that tipping point where like all right, he is yeah. going to do for like the next 10 years is just be wacky you know so i yeah. uh, you, you can kind of feel it do we want to talk about his wily e. coyote looney tunes type scheme that he uses to like i don't know i don't know uh, uh are, are they rival car boosters are they drug dealers who who are these people that he's um, trying to evade in the scene where he's at the cafe yeah, Johnny B and his crew are uh, they're they're rival uh, car thieves, I believe, because at the at the start when when he uh, meets up with them or when they accost him, he, they're like, "Oh, right. Raymond Kalitri should have hired us instead." And then Sphinx comes along and, and blows, blows up, up their, their car. cars. Yeah, very very <laughs> um, good, very good. Fast and Furious um, would be way better if the Punisher was in it. That's all I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, it really would. So, like later in the in the movie, uh, uh, Memphis and Kip are together, right? And they get chased by uh by Johnny B and his crew. Uh, and eventually they, f- they find a cafe and there's a car, a cop car outside this diner or whatever. So they run in and Johnny B and his boys are inside, are, are outside the, the diner in their car and they're just staring a hole, uh, through them. And, and so Cage starts looking around and he spies an 18 wheeler outside. And so he sneaks uh kip out of the building while he's just you know making a scene inside he's talking to the uh truck driver basically like asking this dude out on a date or whatever like that's the way it comes yeah, he's off, like hey right? can i it's buy like, you a donut can i buy you a coffee wow wow that's a big truck oh you want to yeah, show so me how handsome. to drive it ha yeah. <laughs> wow yeah, and- and while this is happening, you see Giovanni Ribisi just like scuttling around outside and you don't quite know what he's doing until he hooks something onto the back of Johnny B's car. 
And eventually this truck driver has enough a cage and he's like, you know what, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. Maybe next time I'll take you up on the offer or whatever. So he goes and he gets in his truck and he drives away, which is hooked onto Johnny B's car. And it just like rips it in half, pulls this thing in half. You, you likened it to the Chester Bennington saw trap. Yeah. There's, like, there's the just... trap in that where he's like glued to the seat of a car and he has to he has to like rip himself off or else the car like hyper accelerates and like blows up or some shit like that. That's that's okay. that's I mean <laughs> just stupid shit, right? It's real just stupid yeah. shit. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, the the car gets torn to shreds very quickly by this truck. Um which of course prompts the police to rush out and then they see that Johnny B and his crew have just a bunch of shotguns or whatever and you know, it's you have licenses for these or whatever, and that's basically that scene. It's it's one of those just I mean that that whole chase sequence with Johnny B is wild because there's there's like a scene where one of them just shoots a chicken into dust. Yeah, it's ju- like like yeah. they're they're ta- they're taking aim at Cage as he's running away, and they shoot, and they just hit this chicken coop, and it's like that video of like the baseball pitcher hitting the dove it just it just like an explosion of feathers everywhere really There's yeah a- yeah really interesting choice like hey can we have a barnyard fight scene in this oh we're in la well just put a chicken in there just blow it up just it's have fine. a chicken coop in in the back of this house where there's also like a scene or a part of this same chase where rabisi's getting his ass bit by a dog like just a bizarre little movie um a lot of weird stuff with animals in this movie honestly kind of yeah yeah i didn't really think about it but yeah there's some weird animal stuff uh vegan alert chicken gets blown up by a shotgun and a dog shits out three keys for a mercedes benz so yeah and uh a snake crawls up mirror man's ass Ass. at one point yeah uh I i believe his quote is the snake is up my ass. The snake is in my ass. It's going to swallow my shithole. <laughs> yep, that seems like um, what you put on your letterbox account here. Yeah, um, because they one of the cars they have to steal, it's like a Hummer or something, and yeah. it's Mirror Man and Sphinx, and they're stealing it, and they, they draw attention to the fact that the license plate says snake on it. Yes. And they're driving it out of this parking lot, when you just get this absolutely bizarre canted angle from the floor of the of the truck or the car of a snake inching its way up towards mirror man's crotch you 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 see it then from like mirror man's like point of view where the snake is going in underneath and you it's it's a choice it's a choice to have a snake enter a man's uh rectum Uh, okay so you're 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 saying the snake actually did uh did penetration on this i don't i don't think that's what's happening here but i do appreciate your opinion as a i i I trust mirror man i don't think he would lie to me Uh um if if Mirror Man is going to tell me that there's a snake in his ass, you'll believe it. I'm I'll I'll believe it. I'll believe it. I'm willing to to make that that leap. I don't think you would uh, you would lie about that kind of thing, honestly. I mean, I don't know. You <laughs> I know, mean, I, I guess there's people on the internet who probably would, but I mean, in 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 the heat of the moment when you're when you're stealing a Hummer, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would. 
Yeah, great, great, great. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> lot of animal stuff, a lot of, lot of uh, rectum stuff happening here, I suppose. How, how contrived yeah. is this bit where the dog has to eat the car keys just so they prolong this movie to a two-hour runtime? It's so fucking... Like, so, like, Robert Duvall and Toby, I, I don't know the actor's name, but he's like... Toby is, like, their hacker guy who, like, changes all the records in the DMV uh, website somehow. They're just... They're obviously useless, so they're... Or for the boost, they're useless. So they're hanging out in the... um in the warehouse and they're just you know crossing off all the names of the cars as they get stolen and they're eating burgers and fries um and at one point there's a there's basically like the plot line with the keys comes from like they they originally got these keys for these mercedes for the initial heist that kip was 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 doing um that didn't work out which is how delroy lindo and the cops know like which cars they're going after and where these cars are because there's some kind of satellite security tracking on these specific cars. Uh-huh. Um, and so Cage and Rabisi are trying to boost the cars when they figure out that they're being watched by um, Delroy Lindo. And so Cage pulls everybody back to the to the warehouse, to the HQ, um, which causes uh, the extra keys that they have for this new boost uh to be left by toby beside the burgers and fries which is when you then get like this legitimate like kids movie dog moment it's um, it's wild the, i don't know why the this dog is just the like it, it it tilts its head to the side and it's like Rrr! and it goes and it eats the food and the keys which prompts freb and toby to have to get the dog X-Lax. Yep. Uh, and then they're, they're walking the dog when they get um, accosted by a gang of, of thugs led by none other than Michael Pena of all fucking people. Um, and so these guys are like giving them shit. And then Freb is just like, He's just like, hang on, wait, the dog shit. And he runs off towards where the dog is. Um, and you just see, like, the gang members all being like, man, that's fucked up. That's disgusting. This dude is, like, yeah, digging through this dog shit. It's, it's so fucking contrived and silly. Like, it feels like it's from a completely different movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the guys on the car, are like, well, what kind of dude gets his jollies off by playing with dog shit? Like, real, real strange, uh, strange writing here, I gotta say. Yeah. Most of the dialogue is like funny, but there are moments like that where it's like standout, you know? There's, there's this whole character trait that uh, Christopher Eccleston has where he's obsessed with wood and like wood mm-hmm. furniture. And I think it's really only to set up his death at the end, which is like, I would say Incredible. I would say up there with Travolta and Broken Arrow as like the second best movie death we've seen on this podcast so far. Like outside yeah. outside of like the Resident Evil series, like within Kagolta Club, um, this is I think this is number two. The um, the whole thing with Christopher Eccleston is that he's 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 obsessed with wood. He like hand makes like wood stuff and all that, and um, 
He's also known as the Carpenter, I think they say. Yeah, early on, right? yeah, they like, do that's mention his, that. That's at his the street name, I think. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. Uh, so he, when Nicolas Cage goes to meet him for the first time, uh, Christopher Eccleston is like showing him around. He's like, "Oh, look at all this shit I made." Blah 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 blah. And he goes, "Okay, here's what's going to happen to your brother if you don't do this job for me." And he pulls back this like cloth to reveal a coffin. That he has apparently made himself, like, constructed himself, right? Yeah. And so, later on in the final confrontation, when Nicolas Cage goes back to confront Christopher Eccleston, like, hey, you know, I got the... Because the whole thing is that he gets the last car in late, so Christopher Eccleston is like, the deal's off, right? And so, Cage goes to confront him, they get in a fist fight, and, like, Cage beats him back like holding a crucifix up to dracula by holding up all of his fine wooden products and so he gets all upset because he doesn't want nicholas cage to like break the chairs that he's made and shit like that and so it goes to this whole thing uh delroy shows up at the end and um christopher eccleston has delroy at gunpoint and so nick cage sees this happening he runs up these stairs and, like, body tackles uh, Christopher Eccleston off this railing. And he goes, like, tumbling down, like, fucking Alan Rickman off the building and die hard. And just, like, goes falling what must surely be 20 stories from this railing. Yeah. Smashes through this glass ceiling. And his body just, like, crater impacts into this coffin. And so he... <laughs> It's so fucking good. The last thing you see of him is just his dead body lying like half out of this coffin with shattered glass everywhere. Yeah, he like breaks his neck on like the edge of the coffin because he doesn't fall exactly in. It's so silly. They really, they really just did that to set up the idea that there would be a coffin that he would fall into at the end of this film. Like that's that's the only reason. It's the only reason, but you know what? I I respect it. I love it. I think it's excellent. It's yeah. it's so fucking funny. This movie's <laughs> so great. Good. I had such a good time it's watching great. this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, I I I also I like I have to bring it up because I think it's such a funny scene as well. Like the car dealership scene with Nick Cage, yes. where he's like pretending to be yeah, a rich he's, dude. He's like trying is... to do like a coked out Patrick Bateman impression. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's he. He's like he. he you have this dude who kind of looks like um, what's his name? Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, who like approaches him? He's like, uh, "Hello, sir. My name is Roger." Have you ever Nick bought Cage a Mercedes Benz? Have you ever gone shopping for a car? <laughs> what would happen if your car was stolen? Is it real? Is it fake? Yeah, it's. It, he looks exactly like him. So yeah. And, and Cage turns around and he's like, oh, my name is also Roger. Now, you see, Roger, I have a problem. I have money and I have taste, but I'm not on anybody's A-list. <laughs> I don't have and a reservation like, to Dorcia. Yeah. Like, and he's going on this, like, coked out, like, long-winded speech ab- about wanting cars. And he sees a Ferrari and he's like, yes, this one, this one. I saw three of these outside Starbucks, which tells me that L.A. is full of pretentious weenies. And he's like... <laughs> just ranting and raving um and then he he mentions that he wants this like it's like a 67 gt 500 mustang which is is eleanor is the code name of the car it's like it's his unicorn it's like yeah car yeah his unicorn uh, very which very is funny. a bizarre word to yeah. use in the it, um and the guy's like, well, I don't have one here, but I do have one in the warehouse. And it's entirely to set up 
that Nick Cage now can go and stare at this fucking car and just caress it while Freb is, is like, why is, he, why is he rubbing that car? Like, Good question. Just, Good question. Nick Cage is genuinely treating this car like he's about to fuck it. Like, he, it's yeah, th- just, yeah, you can't leave him alone with that car. You're going to come back and that tailpipe's going to be stuffed, my man. You're not going to get that ignition rolling. It's, it's like that My Strange Addiction video um, of the guy who was fucking his car, right? Sure, like it's just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and they, they bring it back around too, right? Because there's a scene where him and... Um, him and him and Turl Jolie or whatever are staking out this other car and they're waiting for these this couple to have sex oh, and like God, go into yeah. the bedroom so they can steal this car. They're like watching them from the window and Nick Cage gets all horned up and he comes on to Jolie and they like initiate this whole thing where he's like flirting with her and like heavy petting while he's listing off car parts the whole time. Yeah. He's like yeah. the fucking fetishist from Tetsuo the Iron Man. He's just out here like so blatantly wanting to fuck this car. And that's gotta be why him and Jolie's relationship detonated, right? Is because <laughs> she walked in on him just fully nude doing something with a Ferrari and was like, I, I'm out of here. I, I've had enough yeah. of this. Yeah, God, they're they're relate like when when they introduce Sway in this movie, they, they don't mention anything about them being like a couple until un- until this scene, right, where they're waiting to for this couple to have sex, and then they kind of introduce that oh, they were actually together before Cage left originally, which you I think you said oh wow this is earned in the yeah, most sarcastic yeah because you only see them together like two times and then as soon as you see them staking out this thing with the fucking like women or women the the woman and the man having like you know not even having sex you just see them like building up foreplay for like 10 straight minutes you like you just know this is going to turn into like an okay well they're obviously going to have a thing but it it's just nothing right like like he's gonna pull he they're gonna be fucking and he's gonna pull in those dreadlocks and they're just gonna like pop out of her scalp right his hand's just gonna slide off it's not gonna be good there's just no legwork done by the movie to set this up and i know that's a really stupid criticism to have in a film that's like this absurd you know but it 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 just it's just it's just bad bad to bad to consider yeah, because when when they're going through the list, uh, like initially to to find people to to join in the heist, you get the impression they don't actually know each other, right? The first time they meet, um, it's it's only as they interact more and more that you realize that oh, okay, they have known each other for a while, and I I think the ending where they are implied to get together over this car as well is kind of unearned but again it's fucking gone in 60 seconds who really cares like it's still fucking fun like the end is they get nick cage one of these uh mustangs and it's like destroyed right like it's it's like an old beaten up completely rusted up mustang it doesn't run it breaks down as he and jolie are are leaving Mm -hmm. uh the, the the junkyard or whatever but yeah, like even even though the romance is barely there and barely justified, like it doesn't for me at least detract from the rest of the movie just no, being No, it's very silly. a fun little caper. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally, totally. 
Do we have any... Oh, we, we need to talk about the scene at the end where he is evading the police on the Golden Gate Bridge. We, I think we have to mention mention that, right? It is the Golden Gate Bridge, right? I thought this took place in Los Angeles, but it seems like... It's not like the Golden Gate Bridge. It's, uh, it's, it's not? It's, okay. It's, 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 it's LA, so it's whatever the major bridge is in LA. Because sure. He, he comes out of the like LA aqueduct that every car movie set in LA has to have a chase scene in. Um, and he gets onto the, onto this bridge. Um, and he's, he's eventually like stopped by this massive car accident and there's ambulances and piled up cars and the cops are chasing him and there's no way out except he just happens to see a ramp that's just like on the back of this fucking car. And he backs up and backs up and backs up and the, the cops pull up behind him and Delroy Lindo and Timmy Oliphant pull their guns and he just punches it and he he jumps like fucking... It's so good. What? It's it's like the scene of Fast and Furious where he jumps out of the car to save Letty or whatever, right? Like you just yeah. you just see this car fly over this huge clog of traffic. It it fully looks like this car is going like a hundred yards. Yeah, going it's going like grease. He's going, he's going grease mode. Yeah, yeah, he's like jumping a football stadium or something. <laughs> it's like unfucking believable. And that chase scene as well, when the dude gets just like hit through the wall with the wrecking ball. Is oh fucking, yeah, yeah, totally. And he's just fine. He's just like. I'm all right. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I kept there's, expecting there's a, there to be a subplot where the where the people at the police department would be pushing back on Delroy because of the damage he's causing. I feel like they kind of touch on it a little bit, but by the end of this, it's like Fast Five, like Rio de Janeiro vault yeah. destruction levels of shit, and just nobody says yeah. anything. Yeah, they absolutely like destroy downtown LA in the process of trying to catch him in this fucking mustang it's it's impeccable stuff there's one point in that chase where like when they're on the construction site there's just like this giant tank of gas or water or rocket fuel or something (laughs) yeah that springs a leak and just starts flying around this construction site it's again extremely contrived but i still love it it's very good yeah i um I highly recommend this movie. Great movie night choice. Fan of Nick Cage, fan of Fast and Furious, fan of just generally stupid shit. You will probably have a great time with this movie, I gotta say. Absolutely. Yeah. Great fucking movie. I I think easily better than Borat. Oh, yeah. Totally, 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 totally. Better than Battlefield Earth, for sure. Oh, yeah. Same length, I think, as Battlefield Earth. Uh, 118. Yeah. Went by way faster. Totally, totally. Yeah. Much easier watch. Like, there's some, some, like, plot stuff in this movie and bits that feel kind of arbitrary, but it never feels slow. It it, it just clips along. Yeah, it's it's a very fun watch. It's on Disney Plus if you live in Europe, which is weird, but <laughs> yeah. hey, it's 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 there. You might as well watch it. Um, we got to do the wigometer. Uh, I got. I, I mean, it's a zero for Angelina Jolie, obviously. Really. Uh, 
it's the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. It's yeah, but that's it's why it's a Tim. That's why it's a Tim. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. It's it's the Battlefield Earth thing again. It's either a ten or a zero, depending on which on which way. Cage like it. Cage's hair is not good in this either because this is by uh, this point he's fully balding, but he's he's bleached blonde and it's. I'd it's say like terrible, a four, I, like a four yeah, for him on a, this one. Like not really that it, memorable and not that funny either. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just. She overshadows it so much, and absolutely. It's just, Anytime she's on gross. screen, I I just like gave a gasp of surprise. It it, it, yeah. al- it always caught me off guard. Yeah, it it fully took you. I I would say about an hour of the movie just to stop like audibly groaning every time you saw her. <laughs> at least, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gonna say you know. Out of five, I gave this a four. I think this is tremendously fun. Yeah, um, yeah, I gave it a four as well. Just a just a good time, just a good movie to sit yeah. down and watch with and and have a laugh, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, really good. Just movie night watch. I think it goes down easy. It's a lot of fun. You got a great cast. It's competently put together in every way, except maybe for the soundtrack, which is just unbelievably goofy and bad but lowrider's a good song so i mean you know um yeah that about does it i think ryan for gone in 60 seconds right yeah i think that's about it i uh i don't have much else to talk about niall what are we watching on the podcast next week well next week we're actually sticking with uh two people who were involved in gone in 60 seconds we're gonna see vinnie jones again uh, but we're also going to be sticking with Dominic Senna in the director's chair. Uh-huh. We've got an absolutely wonderful movie that I, I think you will really love, Ryan. I haven't seen it for a little bit myself, but it's pretty incredible. We got Don Cheadle. We got Halle Berry. Oh. Hugh Jackman. Oh. John Travolta. Uh-huh. It's 2001's hacker action disaster (laughs) swordfish i am so excited to watch this because i feel like you've been hyping it up something fierce for this entire podcast it's an incredible movie have you have you seen at all what john travolta looks like in this movie i i i in my mind's eye he looks like he does in pulp fiction with the long hair but i i don't know for sure i don't know anything about this movie aside from what you've told me Okay, well, I I want you as much as possible to try and not see okay. what John Travolta looks like. All in right, this movie. all right, I'll hold off. Um, maybe maybe is up there with his Battlefield Earth look in a different way. Um, just an incredible movie. I'm extremely excited to to see it next week. Um, but until next week with Swordfish Ryan, uh, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Cursegoat. I am on Letterboxd at Sewer Peak, P-E-A-K. And I have my other show that I do with Sylvie, which is Emojidrome. We're on Twitter at Emojidrome, and you can find us wherever. We have started getting back on the weekly schedule now that my life has sort of calmed down a little bit. So we just, I think at the time this goes up, we'll have released our episode on the new emoji prototypes for the year, where we talk about things like the uh, melting face emoji, the saluting emoji, and the troll emoji, amongst others. So 
if that sounds like your kind of thing, if you don't listen to that show but do listen to this, uh, go check it out because it's a lot of fun. Niall, what are you up to? Uh, you can also find me on Letterboxd at Emo Christ. We have a show Twitter at Borat Club. Please give us a like, a rating, or a review wherever you get your shows, your podcasts. We very much appreciate it. Please tell a friend. This thing only spreads via word of mouth, and we really appreciate when people do uh, tell friends about the show. Um, yeah, next week, Swordfish, uh, starring John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, Don Cheadle, and Halle Berry. A total mess of a movie. It's going to be fun. Uh, Ryan, thank you as always for joining me. Thank you for those of you who've listened at home. We really appreciate it. Take care and we'll see you next week. See you next week.